dmtwclothing.com. Don't make this weird. Um, whatever it is that you do in life, again, do with your heart, chase your passions, and watch it become reality. That's what we're about. You guys are going to find some cool items, some MMCast items for sale here in the next three weeks. They'll be all launched and uh, next, you know, more conventions, things like that. So, Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? We're recording this on a Sunday. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's yeah. Day to all the fathers. Today's episode was brought to you by fathers. Today's episode we wouldn't was, be here without them. Today's episode was brought to us by our disapproving fathers. Um, no, that's not true. They approve of us completely. Um, yeah, welcome to Masters of Modern on a Sunday afternoon that you're hearing on a Tuesday morning, presumably. Um, we're, we've got a whole docket of fun things to talk about, and we have a special guest. Let's introduce our special guest. What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, pretty good. I'm, uh, am I on like the dating game or something? No, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a special guest. Well, first you know, off, uh, this is, we haven't yes, said your name. <laughs> I was hoping it was like, this was like it's a very... Scott Campbell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, right around the metery. Yeah. I was letting, I was going to give Kessler the opportunity to do something dramatic, but, um, I had to close the door. Yeah, I know. You got up. I was filling time. I was like, I was like yeah, where's yeah. your dramatic <laughs> intro, Kessler? All right. Okay. So, Scott, tell us, tell, tell, yes. tell the world about yourself a little bit. Do you like well, moonwalks who, on the uh, beach? Uh, no, not really. But okay. uh, for those of us who uh, follow on, tri- on Twitter, uh, you can find me at MTG Pack Boils. I've been uh, a Magic the Gathering enthusiast since the dark, or actually probably revised, because the dark was like the first expansion I saw. Very relevant to today's uh, topic, by the way. Keep going. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hey, how about that? A little segue. Um, and I've been playing at the FNM level or above since Time Spiral came out. Oh, sweet. That's uh, right when I started part... playing the level, too. Oh, awesome. Yeah, uh, currently part of the uh, infamous Dayton Magic Club, where we probably have the biggest legacy scene in the Midwest. At least I would like to think so. Uh, and we're currently uh, about to launch our third annual uh, autism benefit event at the end of July, which we could probably talk about later in the show. Cool. And you can find my blogs on the metery. Dot com. Excellent. Metery.com. Cool. Right. Yes. Yes. Cool. Um, what is your blog generally about? Oh, uh, the uh, the autism benefit at the end of the month? No, no, no. Or the blo- end of July, I should say? Oh, the, no, the blog on the metery. It's about... Oh, the blog on the metery. Uh, it's just under uh, my name. I can't remember if I gave it a title, to be honest. I'm just like, oh, time to go blog. And I'll just hop on and blog. I just kind of do it for fun, cool. really. And just mostly just talking about magic, like what we're doing now. Sweet. Um, and yeah, I, I usually try and give some type of quirky or fun titles to my uh, to my blog entries, like for my most recent one from GP Columbus. Uh, I titled it, It's Still a Jund Hard Life for Me. To kind of paraphrase little Annie in there. So, do you um, do you go? Do you travel to a decent number of tournaments? Uh, just locally, really. Uh, the farthest I've ever went for a tournament was uh, out in St. Louis uh, back in February 2014. Went to uh, the SEG Open when they still had their opens how they were before they have them now. Right, uh, right, right. Uh, buddy, yeah. Yeah, I went out and visited a buddy of mine who beat colon cancer and hadn't seen him at that time in several years. Cool. Uh, he used to play locally where I'm at and moved out to St. Louis. So I'm like, 
dude, I'm coming out for the weekend to help celebrate your defeat of cancer. And uh, he's currently a father of triplets. So today wow. is his first Father's Day. Oh, that's so exciting. Happy, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Happy Father's Day, my buddy Chris Daigle. Uh, you're probably out there listening on Tuesday, I guess, is this when this will go up or something. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. He's... He's in the future right now listening, so. Yeah, it's always funny how that one works. Um, so let's jump quickly into a couple shout-outs, and then let's get straight into the conversation today. All right. Um, we're okay. the MMCast on Twitter, at the MMCast. Yep. I'm at Kess Wiley. And I'm at Ben Bateman Media. We have an Instagram we launched for the MMCast. It's also at the, the MMCast. MMCast. And currently we're just posting, like, pictures of pack openings, funny things from old birthdays of mine where we're dressed as Tom Cruise, um, other things like that. I posted. I played Magic on the Jurassic Park ride at Universal Studios. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. That was that was a recent post on the Twitter. That was a total total magic the uh, the traveling ripoff. By the way, <laughs> sure, yeah, fully, it was fully. fun. Yeah, what he does it, it's really easy because they like fit in your pocket. Like, yeah, I was like any other bigger props are hard. Me and my brother do like when we we go to theme parks a lot. And when we yeah. do, we always try to get a good funny picture on do one something of the, one of the rides. On the rides, yeah. Um, um, so yes, we are that. That's the deal. We're there. Uh, we are. This podcast itself is available on RocketJump.com, but we is. have a sister podcast also available on RocketJump.com called. The command zone. The command zone. Yeah, we I finish got, got these other it. sentences. Kind of. It's adorbs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so check them out. They do awesome commander content. Jimmy and Josh, um, they've been uh, taking a two-week hiatus because I think they've been cracking too many eternal master packs. And mm. uh, Jimmy's actually doing, uh, I mean, I'm assuming you guys will find out this before hearing us tell you about it, but uh, every Monday for the next three weeks, Jimmy's doing a Eldrick Moon preview show for Wizards of the Coast. You should check that one out as Very well. Very cool, yeah. Um, I'm assuming we got spoiled Emmercola Monday. Yeah, I'm assu- that's what you think? Hashtag I called it. <laughs> Hashtag, <laughs> Hashtag I can see the future. <laughs> Hashtag I, the best. I don't know. I think it's an artifact. Because of, of the image that they they shared? Yeah, but I mean, that could be anything, of course. But I mean, I, I feel know, like because Jimmy's reaction was, I knew it. And Jimmy's been definitely on my side in over the last two months. That Emrakul is probably yeah uh, the best. I'm I'm calling Emrakul yeah. based on that reaction. Okay. Do you think that the story- or it's or it's like the legendary werewolf? I think it's one or the other because those are the two things that you'd be like. I knew this was going to be in this set. Yeah, the legendary werewolf would be sweet. <laughs> um, would it? Would the legendary werewolf possibly cost two mana? Possibly. No. No. Zero chance. I think it'd be a four mana. Uh, I guess because uh, I don't know. I don't know. If a legendary werewolf that was sick cost two mana, probably be five <sighs> mana. Yeah, who cares if it's All five right. mana? Anyway, um, so, commander players. Yeah, you want to play werewolf commander decks? Yeah, it's silly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, any anyhow, the last thing we should shout out is that we're on Patreon. We have a Patreon account. Uh, yeah, it brings episodes like this to you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Exactly. Like last week, especially where we did the or two weeks ago, technically. Yeah, where we did the the brew off episode. That was because of Patreon. Oh yeah, yeah. We like we take your brew submissions, we deck tech them live on the air, and then and then like also the cool thing about the Patreon is it's helping us develop new products. So we're gonna be launching a line of new products very soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, we actually know what the May rewards. It took us actually a while to figure it out. So we're sending out. Uh, <laughs> let, 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 let me sell this because well, no, the first the, one. The first one is okay. So. <laughs> Uh, both everyone on the podcast knows, and this is going to be a little bit longer of an intro. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, know that uh, you know Ben was involved, and I created Top Decking, and so we actually like went through a company to get Top Decking DVDs made back when we were doing like a Kickstarter for the thing. But then the we kind of just forgot this existed, and I found it through a weird email. So I'm at, we're actually sending out one copy of Top Decking, yeah. season one, to everyone. Then you'll be the only people on the planet that have this DVD. It's yeah. So the deal is basically that uh, Kessler graduated college and decided to, to launch a company and make a web series about magic card playing 
group of people at a store and a girl that starts working there. And I was in it. I played a vampire named Fatal. Um, and uh, it was funny, and it was fun. At the same time, when I met Castle at a magic art store, I had an album out, a second one I was writing, and I was touring, and I was had moved to Los Angeles to be a musician. Ben's a musician. I don't. You should all yell at him for not <laughs> giving us a, some like cool segue songs for different segments of the podcast. I still play music, but not in the way that I used to. And so I had a record out that was, uh, we used to call it, the, the genre was acoustic electro sex pop. Um, it, it was just like, Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's an you're album. Getting, you're getting a copy of this album. There's and only top decking, and we're gonna give a cool pack as well. The album magic relevant. <laughs> the album totally sold out at the time because we didn't make that many of them. But I I kept like 25 copies to just to have, and I was like, you know what? This is like people that that support us, and they want us to do more cool things. So we figured you could have a piece of each like, of our this creative is like a pasts. Beginnings, a beginnings of Ben and Kessler. Patreon and you also get week. and you also get a modern masters pack. Yeah. So you get something that's magic related. My masters too. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. Um, if you guys think that that's the dumbest thing you've ever heard and we're just being super self-aggrandizing, don't hide your thoughts. <laughs> Share them on Twitter. Um, yeah, because we don't want to give you stuff you don't want since you guys are donating for them. But uh, that's that's the $50 level swag box, Patreon level. So yeah. you get cool stuff. Last you know, last time you got sick water bottle, steel water bottles with their logos on them. The week before that you got, uh, or the month before that you got uh, Spellskites and Geist. Not Spellskites. Grand Geist Architects Grand Geist. Architects foil signed. But yeah, let's... Let's move on to the subject of the cast now, since we've delayed <laughs> enough. Today we're talking about getting Blood Moon out of modern. <laughs> That's why that was the dark <laughs> reference earlier, because Blood Moon first came from the dark. It is an enchantment. It cost one red, two colorless, and it says all non-basic lands are mountains. Here's the hilarious thing. So those of us who have done chaos drafts before all know that in the days like seven years ago when you do a chaos draft, you'd be able to get two packs of the dark for like not very much money. Like they were a little more expensive than normal packs, but they weren't like crazy expensive, like revised packs because blood moon was the only, no, uh, maze of Ith was the only card anybody wanted because blood moon wasn't worth anything at the time. There's that beast that makes artifacts shrouded. No, I mean, that card's like 40 bucks because the art's like purple. Maybe it is now. I'm just saying back in the day, the only card you'd want to open was maze of Ith. Okay. Um, So, that just the, the basically like the alliances thing with Force of Will was like that with Maze of Ith. It's hilarious that now if you open a Maze of Ith, it's not even the best card, not even close to the best card value wise anymore in that pack. It's Blood Moon. Yeah, it's Blood Moon by a mile. Blood Moon's yeah. like eighty bucks, isn't it? No, it was as high as eighty dollars at one point. Scott's currently calling on my phone, so I can't look up the price. Yeah, of I'm things, gonna look so up when we up talk. Here. All right, so Scott here, say hi, Scott. Yes, is here because you Hello. are you on my Twitter uh, rants in the past have been one of the pro. Blood Moon people that also does magic content creation. So we figured to have you on to defend uh, your side. Um, $56 from the dark. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Still sick. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 what today is about. We're going to talk about, I, I personally, and the people of the cast probably know this, think that Blood Moon is terrible for modern. I think it, it warps the format in a way that's not unhealthy. Uh, and a significant amount of complaints from people for the format come from indirectly Blood Moon existing. Um, I think that... And so, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Scott, we're, uh, I, guess, I guess we should do, since this is kind of a debate, should we do like opening statements, flip a coin kind of thing, where we flip a coin, it goes first, and, and see we do like an opening who, statements. And just see like, where does each person stand on Blood Moon? Yeah. Sure. All right. Sure, we, we can do that. All right, Scott, heads or tails for first? Uh, heads. All right. It's tails. It's a tails. So, I guess. So I, I take two points of damage, right? Yes. On the way, that's yes. not this card. Okay. <laughs> uh, actually, it's three points of damage. 
that's it. Okay. Yeah. Was it Mana Clash, yeah, I think? Yeah, Mana Crypt is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sticking with the Eternal Masters. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super so, relevant right now. So... Am I going first, or do you have? Do you want to make it? I think Ben should make his first opening statement. I should make okay. my opening statement. Yeah, you go first, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll go after you. Okay. So your your point is that it is absolutely bad for coverage, and it's bad for gameplay. What I will say about Blood Moon, my my thoughts on Blood Moon are this: um, as somebody who is frustrated by games of Magic that end when somebody plays one card, uh, nothing feels better than beating somebody that way in a competitive situation because all of the stress and gameplay is gone. Nothing feels worse than losing that way. There's nothing that is worse for a game than making people that actively try to get better at the game, that do everything they can to work on the small pieces of the game to improve their gameplay, to understand the game more, to have their strategy literally put to bed by one card. And there's very, very, very few cards that exist in Modern that hit as wide of a spectrum of threats as a mana base. So you can think of something like Stony Silence for Artifacts, which is a giant pain, and if you're an affinity player, you hate Stony Silence. If you build a mana base that's remotely complex and somebody plays a Blood Moon against you and you're not ready, you just lose. It's the worst. It's and the fact, even the cards that are that are close knockoffs like Choke, where it's still gonna be a problem. Choke is so specific. Blood Moon is just like it, the point is, Blood Moon shouldn't exist in modern because there's it negates too much of what makes modern a great format. People will say that people will say that you need to be punished for being too greedy with your mana base there are better ways to punish players there are more intelligent cards that can be printed there are other things that can be introduced to the format it's an important format and i think this is one of the weakest parts of it so i think blood moon should be banned okay all right so um i'm gonna do a sandwich i think i'm gonna go last scott you go your, your turn okay with blood moon uh we, we have a card that's in the the color of red, which is known for land destruction. Wizard of the Coast doesn't really like to print land destruction type cards anymore. In fact, the last time that we had a card um, from a land standpoint that destroyed a non-basic land was what, uh, from a core set, and it cost four to even activate? Yeah, encroaching so Wastes. The worst version right. of Tectonic Edge. Right. Wasteland. So with a card like this, uh, I look at Blood Moon as a card similar to Wasteland, where you have to fetch smart. And unless you're playing Grixix or Tron, you know, you're probably going to get beaten by a Blood Moon, and even Tron can still beat it with Oblivion Stone. Um, Blood Moon is one of those cards that's difficult to play, uh, not only difficult to play because you have to worry about enchantment removal, but difficult to also play with, or play against, I should say, because uh, you may not have that removal spell, or your removal spells may be uh, very key or specific or few and far between, especially in games two and three. But that's the great part of the game. As fictional baseball character Jimmy Dugan put it, it's the difficult that makes it great, or something like that. I haven't seen the League of Their Own in a while. Uh, but <laughs> with, 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 this, with this card, though, uh, it, it keeps Wizards from printing land destruction spells to try and uh, prevent some of the craziness that's going around as far as the mana bases, especially in and decks like Tron, like the closest we've got is Crumble the Dust, and Jund is usually only playing one copy, Nahiri is playing maybe one or two copies, so they're, they're trying not to push that boundary of unfairness, but keeping it on one card, Blood Moon's perfectly fine, there's only a few decks that play it, and there's enough removal in the format, and the right colors anyway, to deal with it. Alright, so, my turn. 
then we'll get past our opening statements. So okay. my my opponents here <laughs> say that, you know, Blood Moon is something that can be beaten. You need Blood Moon to fight against these unfair mana decks like Tron and, and Scapeshift. You need Blood Moon to be Red's version of its best land destruction spell. It helps make the format a healthier place and keeps people honest by making them not play too many lands of high, you know, playing perfect mana bases. But here's the deal. To all those statements, Blood Moon, A, is maybe one of the reasons fetch lands are so ubiquitous in the format. And fetch lands being the biggest barrier entry to get into the format beyond, like, Tarmogoyf. They're the dual lands of this format in the sense that you need to drop upwards of, you know, $1,000 to be able to build your mana base to play this format because you have to play fetch lands. And one of the reasons you have to pay fetch lands, and a two-color deck you have to pay fetch lands, is because... Blood Moon exists. You have to be able to, on turn one, two, and three, make sure you can get a basic land while also being able to, against every other matchup in the format, just get the land you need. Second, against Tron and Scapeshift, these are the decks. Tron no longer has a problem with Blood Moon. It doesn't. Tron's going to beat you if you cast Blood Moon because they have World Breaker main deck, which means that they can fetch for their basic forest, no problem, because they have expedition maps. Right. They have the, or create green mana off of any of their bobbles that they play, and cast Worldbreaker, mm-hmm. exiling Blood Moon, and they're fine. They also have Karn, like, the, eventually they're going to get to six mana. You're eventually going to lose to Tron. So Tron isn't being, like, the unfair mana decks that people say Blood Moon needs to be around to fight, it's not doing anything to the fight. The thing it's doing is causing decks like Jund, causing decks like Grixis, causing decks like Jeskai to just auto-lose sometimes on coverage because they didn't, get the right fetch land at the right time or they didn't fetch because it was game one and someone's playing main deck blood moons that's the problem when people compare it to choke and stony silence you're talking about a card that people are main decking stony silence isn't main decked in anyone's deck choke isn't main decked in anyone's deck these are sideboard cards while blood moon is good enough that blue moon has been in the top eight of the last three three of the last four uh modern pro tours just off the back that Blood Moon wins. <laughs> yep. And, I mean, if you look at coverage, it's terrible for coverage. Now, there's an argument to be made that because there's no longer a Pro Tour, coverage matters less for Modern, but I think that's disingenuous towards how great this format is to watch and the views that GPs of this format get, which are generally high. You're great. And also, on top of which, if we're really looking forward to the future, which I think all of us that play Magic and love Magic and are kind of in this golden age of it right now are, are looking forward to, I think we're all expecting in the next two to three years there will be an expansion of competitive play at a high level beyond just the SCG circuit and Pro Tour. I think we're expecting there will be larger events, there will be bigger coverage, the game will continue to grow in its coverage, and and I think it's important to to, to keep that in mind because Modern is is the most interesting format to watch. Um, It's, I mean, people like Standard. People like Standard, but Modern is definitely the most interesting to watch. Something I wanted to bring up quickly is that, and this is an argument I've made before when people talk about... um, People talk up. This was when they changed the PPTQ system. They changed the old PTQ to the PPTQ to the RPTQ, right? And right. my my big thing was that um, I got so annoyed because I was like, look, if if I want to have that dream of showing up to the limited PTQ, playing really well, you know, having a great pool, making it to the top eight, and actually having a chance to win a PTQ, you know, just just outright. If I just run really hot that day. Whereas the idea was that, you know, the PPTQ system, then going to an RPTQ, it's extremely difficult in that, that competitive field. You know, you're, you're weeding out the parity and you're making it a much, much more skill-testing game. Skill-testing game. Well, in this example, so in that example, people argued against me saying that you shouldn't be arguing for people that aren't the most talented. You should be arguing for the people that are the most prepared. Well, 
you can make the same argument for for like the prepared players know how to play around Blood Moon, which is fine. But what about the players that get into modern and they get their cards and they think it's really awesome and they don't play modern all the time? They they understand the format a little bit. They have their deck. Maybe F- they F and M level modern. F and M and they build something that they think is really cool and they don't realize that if they don't if they don't build their deck specifically with Blood Moon in mind. That they get beaten in games two and three because the other guy resolves a blood moon and they spend all this time and energy building something they were excited about. Some brew, anything that plays a mana base that doesn't necessarily have a way to answer blood moon. And like cards like that just shouldn't be a thing. Because again, if you're going to get beaten against a choke or a stony silence, it's so specific. Blood moon can beat most interesting decks. Most interesting decks just lose to it. So I think that's another destructive element is that you have all these new players who are buying Modern Masters 2 packs and they're going to they're gonna buy Modern Masters 2017 packs when they announce that. And it's just as this format grows, that card feels like it's an outdated part of Magic that there isn't a better answer they've come up with yet and that's why it continues to stick around in Modern. Yeah, but I, I understand your point. However, there, there's a thing about Magic that you, you hit that learning curve when you start sending F and M's and you meet a bunch of friends, you start learning your deck. There there's a little bit of patience that needs to be involved. Like when I was playing Jund against the Splinter Twin deck, I always try to keep a green and a black open regardless if they were jewels or basics, just so I can beat their threat before they cast Splinter Twin or as they're casting Splinter Twin. Or at least represent I, uh, I try and treat Blood Moon the same way. Um, and and even in, in Legacy uh, a little bit with, with Blood Moon. You know, there are very few things in that format that can hit it. Cross and Grip being the big uh, example of that one uh, that the Lance players have. So it, you have to be prepared for it. There, ha- If you're not, yeah, you're going to get beat, but that's all part of the learning experience. Magic should be a game that you should look at the 50 minutes that you have and try and get as much learning in and much playing as, as possible instead of, unless you're an aggro deck, like maybe Elves or something or Affinity, that you're not trying to rush through the match just so you can go eat or smoke or whatever's going on there. Yes, you don't want to go to time. That's perfectly fine. But if you're casting all your threats and tapping out every turn and you're being efficient with your main on your turns, yeah, you're going to be, get beaten by the card. And that's kind of what makes the card as good as it is. I mean, I, I guess my rebuttal to that statement is... There's a difference between me getting punished because my opponent made a good play of countering the right spell at the right time that my deck hinged on doing well in versus mm-hmm. my opponent cast one card that completely went, you know didn't cost them any effort. They didn't have to wait to cast it. They didn't plan out when to cast it at the right time. For them, it literally just they drew the card and cast it. That completely locks me out of the game. The, I, I guess my issue with Blood Moon is it gives an opponent, or gives a player, if I'm playing Blood Moon, the win for very, very, very little cost on my part, while my opponent, it, it puts all the onus on my opponent, and, and that takes a lot of skill out of winning from this game. Also, keep in mind that like issues like this are important to remember, that if you look at this from an uneducated point of view, like somebody, who's, somebody who you're explaining magic to, like, all right, this is an un- uneducated in the in terms of magic, in the context of this game, not uneducated in the world. So okay. if you're sitting there, okay. if you're sitting there with your, your significant other and it's, it's you mm-hmm. know, the top eight of a pro tour and when modern was a pro tour and it's like game three and you're really excited and you're explaining why the matchup is so great and you're like, oh, this is so great. And they don't really understand how magic works. And opening hands, they draw the hands. One guy like turn three, resolves Blood Moon. <gasps> 
the most boring gameplay ever happens. Five turns later, game's over. And she looks at you and she says, I don't understand what happened. And you're like, well, he drew Blood Moon. And she's like, but I don't know. Why is that just the best card? Why doesn't the other guy have that card? And he's like, well, no, no, that, that's he just he just drew Blood Moon. I mean, that's I don't know. It's just really good. Well, like, not, not to mention if you, if you want to explain it to someone. And yes, you could explain the cost of all the other cards. But like a lot of complaints people have is like, oh, just whoever is the most expensive card is going to win. Yeah. Which isn't true. But in this situation, it's, oh, so how do they win? Oh, they, they, they cast a $50 card that I that you can't afford and like if you cast it you automatically win so it's like yeah. it's like kind of the rich get richer in in like yeah. the worst way because it is a win card it's a win button yeah it's a win button and i think i think that when you think about that from the point of view of somebody who's watching and like when when your explanation is like well there's just this card that exists and it's random and he just happened to draw it and he knew he might draw it and he knew that it was totally a gamble and then he just drew it so that he won like that's not very sweet. That doesn't make magic sound very complex or interesting or yeah, like... Because, so here's the deal. Because it's an enchantment is kind of its biggest sin. I think Magus of the Moon is a completely fine card. Well, of course it is. It's a creature. All right. But it's a 2-2 creature, so it is more aggressive. Like, it does things... Like, there are, like 99% of the time, you'd rather have a creature than another thing because a creature can kill your opponent. So, yes, the biggest thing against it is that it dies the lightning bolt. But great. It, this is a card that I can cast, and there's an interaction, so I have to cast it and then protect it. There is a cost. I have to be. I have to have a spell scan in play. I have to have a counter spell ready once I untap with him. I have to do stuff to protect him from removal spells. Have uh, what's the one green gives a thing hexproof? Ranger's gal. No, well, but you can kick it to give plus oh, four. Oh, vines of Aswood? Yeah, I have to have a vines of Aswood. Oh. I mean, Ranger Gals oh, works too. Vines of Aswood. Okay. More, more specifically, you have to have a card that protects it. Vines of Westwood is a card right, that does right. that. So, so I'll, I'll just kill with Colgan's command. That's fine. Sure. I mean, Colgan's command it's, can't it's, kill yeah, it through Vines of Westwood. Well, yeah, yeah. All it right, can kill it through spell scape. Well, but that's response, great. You have yeah. you you have, but that's a gold card. So the only you know you have to be either Jund or Grixis, and you can handle a Mags of the Moon, which is fine because Jund can also handle it with Lightning Bolt. Like, there's a play there. There's right. many different choices that can be made with this one card versus Blood Moon, which it's literally, did you fetch a basic in your first two turns? Nope. All right, you lose. Did you, do you have any <laughs> card in your deck that can kill an enchantment? Nope. All right, you probably just lost. Can you, is your one card, did you, like, do you have Abrupt Decay, but you accidentally fetched Plains Forest instead of Forest Swamp because you were playing against Burn, who, sh like, Naya Burn shouldn't be playing Blood Moon, but Naya Burn plays Blood Moon. Affinity shouldn't be playing Blood Moon, but Affinity decks sometimes play Blood Moon, which is a sign of how unhealthy this card is. All right, well, let's, let's, let's do something really quickly. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, that Blood Moon does, in fact, get banned, all right? So, so Blood Moon gets kicked out of the format, and now we're looking and we're thinking, all right, what are, what are the, first off, the best things to replace Blood Moon without printing a new card? So what are, what are the obvious go-to cards that get played in its place against greedy mana bases? Ghost Quarter. Okay, so Ghost Quarter, right? That's fine. Scott? Hmm. Wow. Uh, it, well, in blue, uh, Spreading Seas. Yeah, Spreading Seas is great. I, I'm a big fan of that card. Magus of the Moon. Magus of the Moon. Uh, right. Beast Within, if we want to get saucy. Sure, Beast Within's a card. Um, I'll, I'll, oh, no, I, I can one-up you there. Contaminated Ground. Yeah, contaminated ground's fine. Yeah, that card's fine. Um, uh, you could. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I like this card. The three mana land destruction spell. Two damage if it's a non basic. Molten rain. Molten rain. I molten like rain. Yeah. I well, like stone molten. rain and molten rain are both modern, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. So is rain of tears. Yeah. Rain of tears. Tech edge. Yeah. Tech edge. Uh, I mean, so but these are all cards that get played in various sideboards that don't play red. What's uh, what's the red? What's the red? No, but what uh, like red ones? What's the red black creature? Yeah, fulminator mage. Fulminator mage. There's, like, that's there's, a, a staple of the format. Uh, there's boom bust. You can play with fetches. 
Anathamancer. Anathamancer. I, I like Anathamancer. There's there you can play Boom like, Bust with fetches. And we're and in this format, the format we're talking about called modern, where the fetch shockland mana base just pretty much guarantees most decks playing more than two colors, two colors are going to be at fifteen life total from the beginning. Play an aggro deck. Mm-hmm. Just Naya Naya Burn or 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 Zoo is a or or goblin eight rack are all like yeah decks that punish you for playing greedy mana bases. So yeah, right. so so okay, that's so those are all cards that are gonna get played in its place. Um, without Blood Moon, what's the deck that becomes the strongest? What decks what decks become nearly unbeatable without Blood Moon? I don't think the format changes that much from what it is right now. Which of, which of those three color decks becomes the most oppressive? I guess Collected Company, but I think Collected Company's not losing to Blood Moon anyways because Birds of Paradise well, and, and all the mana creatures. I mean, um, Jund gets better. Jund right. is the well, one that came to mind. We're already number one anyway. Right. So a Junk maybe gets slightly better. Like None of these decks, I think, get really changed as far as their position of the format. We just get a format that's more fun, more healthy, and better for coverage. Right. To, and better for newer players, I guess, to, to play in. Like I don't think the... That that is an argument though for not banning anything, right? And, and I do agree with this to a certain extent. Is currently we have a very healthy modern format. I think we can all agree that modern looks yeah. is great yeah. right now. It's in a great place. It's awesome. Um, so why get why ban a card if the format's great? I mean, yeah. You, the question you have to ask yourself is that every single format in the history of of eternal formats, ones that have a lot of play and a lot of depth. They have points. They have decks and points, certain cards that make the game boring. That's the biggest... I, I honestly think that that is, that is Blood Moon's biggest sin. You say it's an enchantment. I think that you're talking about the, the gameplay and coverage uh, stuff. Okay. I guess the, it's enchantment is a sin inherent to why it's the way it is versus yeah. w- what it causes is, it, I guess, it's great. Yeah, sure. So, but if you look at it and you think about, like, okay, what's, what's the argument that Lantern Control is any better than Sensei's Divining Top? Uh. What's the what's the answer that that Lancer's control is any better than Blood Moon? You know, at that point, it's like, okay, why is Lantern control any better than Eggs? Like, it's it's yes, there's play to it. It's interesting. But effort. What effort? On Lantern control's part? Yeah, you have to put effort into making Lantern control work. You have to draw the right pieces. You have to play your cards correctly. You have to make sure your opponent's not doing something. That's the same thing that Eggs had to do. Sure, it's I'm the not same thing that Storm oh, 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 no. has to do. If we want to talk about Lantern should be banned for the same reasons Eggs would be banned, fine. But that's not why I'm arguing Blood Moon should be. Banned. I see what you're saying. So you're saying because Blood Moon uses just a card you play. Yeah, I, I, I think you just draw it. And I play think a it. card that says I win needs to take skill. Splinter Twin took way more skill than Blood Moon does to win because you have to, you know, time it, make sure you cast your spell at the end of your opponent's turn, making sure they don't have removal open, right. making sure, right. you know, like there's a lot more. And even then, Splinter Twin was probably slightly too good because you could do everything at instant speed for all intents and purposes. Right, right. Um, Blood Moon doesn't need any of that. Yep. You're, you're, you need to make sure your opponent doesn't have enchantment removal or a counter spell open when you cast a three drop, hmm. which in modern isn't the hardest thing to accomplish, especially because right. counter magic isn't good in modern. Hmm. Um, Unfortunately. Right. We just don't, I mean, like all the counter, we have tempo counter spells available. We don't have any hard counters that are, that are under a four drop. Okay. So if the, okay. So then if that's the, if that's the cards that would replace it in theory, and if that's what the format looks like, we think without it, um, what so what would logic tell us is the smartest thing to do? Logic tells us that logic don't change not. anything. Logic not uh, with a K. Very we, said we need a counterspell. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. If you're going to ban anything, ban become event. I mean, that card's way more unfair than blood. It's true. <laughs> it's the card is totally nuts. I guess. Right. I guess. I guess my opinion on uh, like uh, on 
ban other cards instead of Blood Moon is that there's always going to be other cards that need to be banned, and I'm not making the argument that we shouldn't ban those cards. I'm, other than the fact that I think the format's healthy right now, and banning something due to power level seems incorrect at the moment. Though Become Immense is definitely, I think, a card on that list. Also, I think... Uh, not collected company, the green XX. Oh, I'm having a hard time. I was at a theme park yesterday, what? so I'm a little hunt theme, what, theme park. Calling? Yeah, quarter calling is another card that I think really? could be argued. It, 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 I don't necessarily believe it can, but I've seen arguments that have made sense for it being banned. It homogenizes the deck. I mean, collected company and birthing pod decks have been the best deck or one of the best decks in the format for a long time, forever. And it True. makes it, 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 the way it allows. Malira combo decks to win versus just other things to win is possibly too consistent. But well, let's let's take I don't this conversation. Think, my point is, is that all these at different times might need to be banned or not, and we can handle those at those times when they become too powerful. But Blood Moon has consistently been this problem, not from a power. And it, it, there are power level problems, and it is too powerful, arguably. But it has this all whole other host of issues. Because if it's it's not the most powerful card in modern, it's not winning every tournament. We don't have Blue Moon winning every game. No. We, the problem though is the way it wins. I think is bad for the health of the format, which is a different pro- like which is more of an eggs problem, right? More of a Sensei's divining top problem than it is a um, treasure cruise problem. So let's take this conversation to the the next part of it, which is something that we started to talk about last week um, when we were discussing which cards we thought should be should be modern legal that are currently. Not, that, that are basically Eternal Masters cards. So, if you think about Modern and how wide of a format it is, you're talking about 30-plus decks that are viable. 30 decks that are at least between, sort of, at least Tier 1 and Tier 2 on, on, on some given week, because it always rotates. So, if that's the case, and you have that many decks that are viable, as a lot of the pros have complained, you can't have a sideboard that's going to answer all of those decks. You just can't. You're going to have holes right. in your strategy, inevitably. It's just part of the balance of the format. Paper beats rock... Rock beat scissors, um, so on and so forth. So, with that in mind, how many decks is Blood Moon actually actually oppressive against? How much more oppressive against those decks is it than the other sideboard hate against the other decks? And if that's the case, if, if the answer is that Blood Moon is oppressive against, I don't know, 20% of the decks or something, or 16% of the decks then are we really talking about something that actually causes a problem? Because I could make the same argument that Stony Silence is oppressive probably against almost the same number of decks. Not the same number. Not the same number. because I Two. Sure, but, but decks <laughs> that play artifacts, sure. I, I realize that's what I said in the first place because lands are the, the most widespread threat in the format. They're played... Mana bases are played in every deck. It's like, an inherent piece of right. magic. And complicated ones are very common. But I guess my point is... When like, lands are not playing lands, or decks are not playing lands, the format has a problem, not... The point that I made right. last week, which is that if you un- if you introduce price of progress into modern somehow, right? Because the idea being that if we didn't have Blood Moon and prop was legal, oh. this is something we talked about. Burn being a deck that's already good would, I don't think it would mean players would be like, well, price of progress is legal now, so I'm just going to not play a complicated mana base. I'm going to play a really simple mana base so I can dodge burn. They'd just be like, all right, burn is already a problem matchup for me because I play a complicated mana base that brings my life total to 15. It just is even more of a problem. So, and, But wh- price of progress also makes you choose between playing Naya burn and mono red burn, which theoretically... Yeah. I'm, I'm using the prop argument. We did this last week. Yeah. I'm just using it as an example. The point is, if you ban Blood Moon, how, what does it necessarily fix? Um... What like what does Blood Moon? What does banning Blood Moon fix? And and I guess because you're still going to have the same the same level of players saying okay, but you know decks 
X, Y, and Z are still problems for me. They're still problem matchups for me. So I'm just going to build my deck hoping I don't run up against those decks because I can't prepare for everything. And I think a lot of people feel that way about Blood Moon. They have an answer to it, but they're just like, look, if he draws it, I don't have my answer. It is what it is. And I don't think banning Blood Moon is going to change the fact that people are still going to have that same attitude about other cards. There's still going to be decks that they just can't beat. Main deck strategies, let alone sideboard cards, that are just bad matchups for them. No? No, no, I, I agree. Like, as the way modern is right now, there's really no card or cards outside of become immense. Because going back to the whole coverage thing, we want the coverage to be a little bit more interactive, a little bit more enticing for viewers. Kind of hard to do that when Infect can win on like turn two or three. Um, but with Blood Moon, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really do a lot. The people who are scooping immediately after it's played aren't playing to their outs, uh, or they're they're not prepared for it in some way, shape, or form. Modern is filled with so many cards that have multiple ways to deal with permanence, uh, from Maelstrom Pulse to Disenchant, which everybody seems to forget about that card, or even Wear Tear. Uh, there, there are tons of cards that you can interact with multiple types of permanence with, and if we're not being smart enough as players, we're allowing those who are going to tournaments to spike them with Blood Moons to just kind of take those wins from us. And if we're tilting when someone plays a Blood Moon instead of trying to be smart and figure it out, you know, that's a disservice to us. But, Blood but the, Moon's fine. It, if it's banned, it, it won't really... Like, Tron will probably be really happy. Uh, Grixix will, of course, be really happy. But if Blood Moon is banned, I, I don't really think it's going to push another deck up. There's nothing being really repressed right now with Blood Moon being in play. You mentioned Disenchant. That's actually funny you just said that. I just looked it up. It's I can't believe that card hasn't been printed... Uh, it got printed in, in Time Spiral, Time Shifted, and aside from that, Mercadian right. Masks in 7th for the last time that card got printed. Why did they stop printing Disenchant? Was it a color thing? They wanted to Disenchant white. They wanted it to be because, a green cause, effect? Because uh, naturalize is, they decided that naturalize is the color, got it. Is, the, is the card. Green is better right. than white at dealing with both. White is better at dealing each one individually or dealing with everything. Got it. Um, okay. Just from a disenchant buyout incoming, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy it now while you still can. Disenchant, right? There's only um, three foil printings of disenchant. I, I guess in response, I mean, some of the cards you mentioned were gold, but the the point is, is playing to your outs is sitting there until your opponent kills you, until you draw the exact two mana based lands that you need. When most mana bases in modern, and by most I mean almost all of them, really only play at most five basics. At most, right. yeah, most of them. Unless, unless, you're, unless you're a deck that Blood Moon, if Blood Moon's a problem for you. Obviously, Elves doesn't have a problem with Blood Moon, unless it's, I guess, Blue Moon, because they shut down the Counterspell land, Cavern Souls. But even then, Elves yeah. doesn't care about Blood Moon. Merfolk doesn't care about Blood Moon. <laughs> but right. um, the decks that care about it generally are playing at most five. And that's like if you're leaning really heavy to fight against Blood Moon decks, um, which I don't like the the my point and my point from the beginning is it's a skill level thing. I, I also think that you know arguments of uh, if you're playing Blood Moon, if no one, Blood Moon doesn't exist, people don't have a reason to play basics. But Path is the best removal in the format. Ghost yep. Quarter is the best land destruction spell in the format, and both of them punish you way worse than they're already punishing you if you don't have basic lands. So you're already encouraged to kind of play those. Um, from my perspective. Blood Moon, this argument was a lot easier, and I was a lot more hard on it before Splinter 2 was banned because there was a blue-red deck yeah. in the format that was Tier 1 sometimes, and, and, and was sometimes tier one. main decking Blood Moons. Right, and, and I guess the point is is a card that 
is being forced into people's decks because it's that good is a card to definitely look at as a ban-worthy card. The fact that Naya Burn, a deck that loses the Blood Moon, is yeah. still casting Blood Moons. The fact that I told, I Affinity, always tell, a deck that Blood Moon is good against, is sideboarding Blood Moons in. I always tell that story on here about that that PTQ from a few years ago where I played that like Moon Zoo deck that was like basically three main deck Blood Moons, <laughs> Deathrite Shamans, uh, like two birds, the best creatures, and a couple swords, so that you had like things to suit it up. And like your strategy with the deck was like you hoped you drew a mana creature and a Blood Moon. And like you would just, be, you would basically just like hope that you fetch the correct land to go with your Deathrite Shaman or your Bird of Paradise, and then you would just tur- turn to Blood Moon and like turned off like thirty five percent of your deck, but you didn't care. You were just like, I have good creatures and Blood Moons in play, so I'm gonna probably <laughs> win the game. And it was like one of the mo- it was like one of the more successful PTQ runs I've ever had. Pick the deck up like that morning. Like it's just a really silly card in that sense. Yeah, it's it's people always bring up Choken and Stony Sands. We brought up and we we've said this point is that you know these are cards that also do that. Yep. You can just cast them and you win. Against Affinity, if you cast Stony Silence, your chances of losing are significantly... They're small. Yeah. Small. But right. no one's main decking it. And Blood Moon's a main deck card. And and when you look at Become Immense, there's interaction there. And that's the other level. I, I keep going back to these two points, and so we do, we should move on a little bit. But but with Become Immense, right. they cast Become Immense. I Lightning Bolt it. On turn two, like turn two, I have to tap out or like for some reason not have a way to kill it in my colors to be able to fight against infect. And I can see become immense becoming a problem because it does break the turn three four rule. But I would argue that Blood Moon also breaks the turn four rule. I have softened. Just because you don't scoop doesn't mean you didn't lose. <laughs> I've softened my stance. I'm not entirely on your side, but I think I'm between the two of you. I I think that I don't think it needs to be banned. I understand the reasons why it should be banned. I could be convinced. And if it got banned, I don't think I would be super disappointed. Modern's really healthy right yep. now, and I don't think Blood Moon makes it less healthy. That's that's my stance right now. I think I can everything yeah. I said about why I think Blood Moon's a problem for the format, I still stand by. But Modern's really healthy right now. So those 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 theory crafting ideas of why Blood Moon's an issue, they don't really hold water. The one that really stands out for me is the coverage one. That's the biggest problem for me. I think from a coverage point of view, if you really wanted to make modern, you really wanted to get away from modern games being ruined on coverage, then you ban Blood Moon. That's the only reason I can think of that it truly causes a major problem to the format as it stands right now. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. And, and we're going to get that coverage uh, coming up next weekend. Uh, SCG is doing a modern event in Dallas, I believe. Yep. Um, so, so we're going to definitely get a few days worth of that. Now, granted, from a coverage or tournament organizer side of things, you know, one could be like, uh, let's see, what's doing well? Well, we'll skip this Blue Moon deck because we don't want to see that. I mean, you can't do that all the time. So well, we, I, I can also, understand. Sorry, continue. Right. No, 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 no. That's right. So, I mean, there is that. But if we're going to ban Blood Moon, I like to compromise. Uh, as a husband and father, I've had years of practice doing that. Um, if you're going to ban Blood Moon, just give me Blood Raid Elf. We'll be fine. I'll take that deal. I'll take that deal right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Deal. All right. Wizards of the Coast. It was made here between us. Too bad. Bloodbury Elf is unbanned. Blood Moon is banned. <laughs> there you go. Um, Easy peasy. So before before we wrap up, uh, I am actually I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a tweet from you from January 11th, 2016. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> Scott boy. Campbell. Uh, and you're just gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to give us advice on this one. Uh, people who hate Blood Moon don't know how to play around it. That was the tweet at the MM Cast. Uh, can you explain the best ways to play around Blood Moon? Play Jund? No, I mean, uh, 
<laughs> I only say that because I've had the deck literally forever. But no, literally be prepared for it. Like, if your opening seven has creatures you're going to be able to use to win the game, but you don't have a way to deal with Blood Moon, you don't have a way to just interact with your opponent at all, it, it may be a good idea to ship it. It really depends on the situation. Of course, who's playing first, things like that. Um, but you have to be prepared for it. Like, I, I literally, in Legacy, I literally took a beating like for a month straight wasteland and stifle i just could not get off the ground until i just started fetching basics first and it's like all right they didn't have the stifle then i have a land in play right yes modern modern is a fetch shockland format that's not going away anytime soon like all the best decks uh except for what the infect and maybe like a mono red burn here or there are all pretty much fetch fetch shockland format if you're not fetching properly that's on you and but granted i've not won any big events or anything like that and i'm sitting here in my apartment in ohio saying how to fetch properly and people could just be like ah whatever but that's that's just how i go about it and sometimes i win sometimes i lose but as long as i have those basics in play i can be at ease when it comes down to things like ghost quarter blood moon another lane destruction things I feel like actually fetching a basic is worse against Ghost Quarter because mm. they can Ghost Quarter because now you have less basics to get against Ghost Quarter. True, and they can Ghost True. Quarter your basic. So say you only have one of each color, they could like just out you. Oh man, now I want to build a Ghost Quarter Blood Moon deck. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever going to build the like. Is ever going to be able to make Trick Bind work as a modern stifle? I, I I've always looked at that card. I'm always like, I, I think there needs to be a major card that stifle hurts. Yeah. Um, beyond just the fetchland situation, like some type of combo deck that has a activated an activation that you can stop. But yeah, I was I was always surprised it didn't see more play when birthing pot was around because you sack the creature and then you can stifle the trigger so they're like creature sack. I'm also totally surprised right. now that I think about it that in fact if you were going to go down the trick bind route, why wouldn't you just play squelch? Squelch and Shadow of Doubt. Yeah. Squelch is sweeter. I mean, oh. I mean, Trick Bind is definitely sweeter because it is activated and triggered and at a split second, but you don't even know what Squelch is. I can look at this, look on your face. Counter target. Activated, activated ability. ability. For one blue, one color, let's draw a card. Yeah. Cantrips. Yep. And it's an instant. So, one? of course, it's an instant. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it, this is a sorcery yeah. counter spell. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and Shadow of Doubt. I mean, which we all know Shadow of Doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. some combination of the two. Another card we didn't mention that's also good against mana yeah. bases that isn't Blood Moon. I think I've tried to build on it. I think I've pretty much... In fact, I don't think. I'm positive. There's at least two different versions of this brew that's hidden somewhere and decked in the back of my phone where I've tried to start with those eight. like, <laughs> <laughs> And some combination of those things. And, you know, it's just terrible against certain, certain decks. And just against some decks, you just are just a total house. Problem is... Turn two on the draw doing that is so much worse than turn one in Legacy. That's that's the issue. Sure. I, actually, I think I think we could do this if we ban Blood Moon. I, I think we could actually have another deck enter the format. Back in the days when it was in standard, I was actually beaten by a Defense Grid Magnifor Stone Rain type deck, where it was just nothing but boomerangs and land destructions and wildfire. And here's this giant dude that, because I have all these sorcerers in the graveyard now, I'm just going to beat your face with. You know, maybe we can take the lane destruction that way, because we've actually seen a lot of red-green decks kind of do this lately on Moto, and yeah. they've been popping up and labeled as brew decks or whatever. You know, maybe something like that could come out. While you don't have Blood Moon, you still are attacking the mana base in a way where there's a little bit more interaction, which is also good for coverage. 
Um, but it's not just here's this blood moon you lose. So yeah. there there could be room for other decks, I guess, if we could get rid of it. Uh, and I, I do think the best argument I've heard today on this podcast, this is me conceding a little, is that mm-hmm. the format is healthy right now. It yeah. is. Yes. Like, and... To be totally honest, cards shouldn't be banned because faith in the format needs to be built up and people have dropped multiple hundreds of dollars on their play sets of Blood Moons. And yep. if the Blood Moon deck isn't dominating the format, then why should we ban it? Fine. I can't beat that. I can't concede. I also couldn't, when, when Eldrazi was around, I shut up about banning Blood Moon because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like theoretically that problem could happen again where we have the, the new land, the, the sacrifice five tokens, get a, get a 9-10 or whatever. That's another land that <laughs> theoretically could be a problem. Like without a wasteland or a stifle, I do think stifle is a credit. Like with days, stifle and Dave in the format would be sweet. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> um, like we, I, I was thinking about before we got on this podcast how much I wish days was in this format and how much I regret not putting it on my top ten list last week. Of because you just conceded it because I put it on mine. Yeah, and I was like, wait, I could argue about days being legal and modern forever. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. um, it just slows the format down. Also, I have answers to your toxic deluge points that we might do uh, after we we finish this blood oh. conversation, um, but. Well, the format's healthy right now, so really there shouldn't be any bannings. This is more, right. as soon as we get to a point where we might ban something, just sneaking Blood Moon onto that ban list is kind of what I'm asking for, because I do think it's bad for the format. I don't think it's dominating the format. I don't right. think it's, it's, it's the strongest thing you can do in the format, but I think what it is doing with the format isn't healthy and fun for anyone, other than maybe the person casting it, but theoretically Treasure Cruise was amazing when you casted it. Deathrite Shaman oh, felt great when you had it in play. I love Death <laughs> Birthing Pod was Every maybe time. one of the most fun cards I've ever had in the battlefield under my control and still is in other formats. <laughs> but not good for the format. And we can all kind of admit that. So Has anybody opened either of you opened a foil Deathrite yet from your uh your Eternal Masters pack? No, but I have a place that have signed oh, in yeah. two different colors because it's uh it's sick. sick. It's so cool. Sweet. What's the sweetest foil you've opened so far? Eternal Masters. Either of you? Anything? Uh, uh, I've actually opened zero Eternal Masters. Oh, yeah. I opened the foil pyro, pyro, pyroblast. I think it was. The, and I like, got the foil hydroblast. So. Uh, that, that card's real good. Yeah, I'm really love that both of those. Yeah, I, I, well, I got it eighth. I didn't even actually open it. That's not true. I drafted it eighth pick. Yeah. Everyone at the table passed it, not realizing that it was a fifty dollar card. And wow. I was like, there's what? never been a foil of this card before. It, this okay. was like this was like the midnight release, so people didn't even like realize that like oh yeah, foils of non-foil cards are worth a bunch of money. I, yeah, you, you, I said this last week on the cast, but Kessler bought me one pack of Eternal Masters for my birthday, and I opened a foil Hydroblast and like threw it in my trash foils pile until like we got here, and started talking, and realized <laughs> like that's twenty five dollars. Oh, I, I opened a, a foil Control Magic. I guess that's the best foil I've opened out of a pack. That's fifteen bucks. That's because there was no foil okay. of it before today. Yeah. So sick hotness. All right. Uh, on Toxic Deluge, real quick. <laughs> All I would do is slow the format down. And that's what I want. I want I want modern to be a little bit slower than it is. And days and toxic deluge and all because like you anything over five is bad with toxic deluge. Well, if you're, if tweet, you're dumbing yourself for five. Somebody mana. tweeted at us about this. Yeah, no. I, you I, saw my response and you got excited because you wanted to try to shoot me down. And your response was wrong. <laughs> it was a good response, I thought. No, <laughs> you tell your response. I believe my response he said he, if, to, if Toxic Deluge was legal and modern. Would fours and fives be more playable? And I believe my response was something to the effect of like, uh, fours maybe, fives no, because the fives that do have a place in modern are very specific. So it, you, it's just. Well, that's because people are dying by turn two. But if you have a, no, a board wipe just... on turn three that kills anything that you need to kill, that lets decks get to turn four and turn five. 
One card. Plus, will... if we're banning uh, become immense. Yeah. <laughs> one card. One right. card. No matter how good Toxic Deluge is, is you, fours. I think the format is swinging towards fours being more playable. Fives, though, that's such a difference. I mean, think about trying to play a five drop on the on the draw uh, in modern. Like you're talking. Like the card has to literally just rag tusk. The card has to literally Karen almost knows. just win the game, or or it's super fringe. Yeah. I mean, it's sure. just. It is so difficult. I don't think Toxic Deluge makes it so that that's not the case. I think it just maybe maybe those matchups or something. But nah. Anyway, all um, right. Tell, tell us a little bit about your charity, man, and, and, and this autism event. Oh yeah. yeah. So uh, as part of the Dayton Magic Club, uh, we, we just usually just gather, play all sorts of formats. Uh, actually, Friday nights at Epic Loot Games in Centerville, Ohio, we run not one, two legacy events. One at six thirty, one at nine. Wow! Along with standard and modern, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, the the store can get pretty packed there between like eight and nine, right? Uh, uh, as the earlier form, the earlier tournaments about to end, and the modern players show up and things like that. But it's a fun time. Um, and last couple of years, uh, one of the people in the Date Magic Club, Date Magic Club, uh, Noah Ross, had this idea to uh, have a charity event to raise money. For autism awareness, and this will be our third uh, third year of doing something like that. It's going to happen July 30th at Epic Loot in their Springfield, Ohio location. Uh, with that event, uh, we'll have a legacy and a modern event, but we'll cut the top eight uh, competitive REL, all those things. Uh, you can actually do a search for it on Facebook. I'll pro- I think I have it pinned on my uh, Twitter page probably my pen post if I remember correctly and we'll link to that on the, uh, the show notes for the episode all right sweet sweet yeah I've kind of taken a little bit of a break since uh, GP Columbus which we'll, we'll get to in a moment if needed um, anyway so for the legacy event first place gets this card called Jace the Mind Sculptor you may have heard of it sweet I opened a foil one. Oh, and, that's the sickest one yeah. I've opened you open a foil Jace yeah, yeah but it wasn't my pack not, <laughs> whose was it well, not not only do they get that, not only do they get that for first place, but a box of Eternal Masters. Oh, sick! Oh, sick! I just like, want to then, crack a box. Then second, I I think second also gets a box of Eternal Masters. Third oh, wow. and fourth split a box, and and so on, and and fifth through eighth also get like packs of Eternal Masters and stuff like that too, and it it pairs down that way. It, and it, then for the the modern one, it's similar. There's this card called Liliana the Veil. You may have heard of. Sweet. And a box of Eternal Masters. Wow. So, oh, sweet. Yeah, and, and then second also gets a box and third, fourth, and so on. So, yeah, uh, definitely check it out. Um, Is this so, something yeah, that I, you guys would consider, like, you know, making more of, you know, like, I mean, it's becoming a little ridiculous, but there's all these holidays that are being, like, Best Friend Day and Free Donut Day, um, which I support because <laughs> free donuts. But <laughs> have you right. thought of maybe working with other stores around the country and, and trying to create more of a, a big event that all a bunch of stores kind of do this together uh, as kind of a big autism, autism awareness uh, process? Well, we haven't expanded a lot out of the Dayton area yet. However, when this happens, we do get the other stores involved. They contribute prizes that uh, there's an, uh, a, an auction that goes on throughout the entire event. Uh, I've contributed playmats to it before. Um, I think, what was that reprint set? Was it the Battlegrounds uh, reprint set from years ago, back in the late 90s? Are you talking about Beatdown? Someone contributed one of those. Yeah, yeah, Beatdown, that's it. Someone (laughs) contributed one of those last year. Um, Sweet. So, yeah, like all all the stores get involved, even some other like non-magic-related businesses. 
will include like gift cards or gift certificates to their business to, to have raffled off. Um, some of the, the guys involved in the club will just uh, try and chip in by like making tokens to pass out just to, just to have, and they'll like, feel like Pokemon tokens the first year we did it. And there's one Pokemon on each side. That was kind of neat. So we, we all try and get involved in a way. Uh, we try and have coverage if possible. I, I think the guys are still working on that. We're even looking at uh, relaunching the website here soon. Uh, so we can get articles back up and running again. Uh, when a lot of the guys are like in school or in the air force or things like that. So real life kind of interferes in a way. Um, mm. so it's kind of hard to maintain some of that stuff, but no, it, it's a fun time. We usually draw anywhere between 60 to hundred people when we do these type of things. Uh, we just had our eternal weekend, uh, back at the end of April as our response to star city games going with their prize wall slash cutting legacy coverage thing. So we're like, well, we'll do, we'll do something ourselves. Uh, so we, we, we're kind of growing a little bit at a time, uh, but it's it's definitely a fun time, and everybody has a good time, and we're all playing Magic, and so far, nobody's been blood-mooned out of any games I know of, but <laughs> who knows? Maybe that'll happen soon. <laughs> That's sweet. I'm looking at Beatdown right now. My stepbrother, Jeff, had Beatdown. He had the set way back when, nice. um, and uh, it's hilarious looking at this. You can't... <laughs> this had to have been made in, like, yeah, like... This had to have made like 98 or something, 99. You literally can't yeah. imagine a pre-con from 98 or 99 being so ridiculously under, like there's no value in this at all. Like <laughs> It's like unbelievable. You'd think something that was made this long ago, you've just like happened upon a couple cards. I think the most valuable card in this entire thing is a copy of Brainstorm. I think, right. I think there's like, there's a Brainstorm, there's a Lightning Bolt, there's like a Counterspell, Diabolic Edict. That's basically, as you start to get into the rares, the rares are so sweet. They're like, they're such classic magic rares. You get a copy of Leviathan, you get a Shivan Dragon, you get a Mahamodi Jin, you get a Force of Nature, a Clockwork Beast. Uh, <laughs> need I continue? Oh, man. That, these are classics. This takes me back to the times when we used to be on ESPN2 and all the pros like frosted their tips of their hair and I think you're oh, I think we're like, all I think I think we're all referring to the same clip which is like not all of the pros it's that one ESPN2 <laughs> clip of Finkel playing like a mono red deck and he just looks like right. his hair is like yeah it's like definitely frosted and it's like <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about I've seen that clip a lot of times it's like the, that's like magic's magic's dark dark past But oh, right right back when we kind of were like um stereotyped as a bunch of surfer boys who played magic or something. Cause that seemed to be the vibe at ESPN two back then. Yeah. Right. Something like that. Wasn't that just yeah. the vibe of all of the nineties? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like all, all people were stereotyped as surfer dudes. All right. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think that's, that's kind of it for the cast. Um, what uh, I do have a question for Twitter. Do you guys think blood Moon should be banned? Cause if you think it should be, um, you're on my side. And otherwise, we did run a poll. Uh, Blood Moon won, sticking around 73%, 25, 28% Jeez. on Twitter. Uh, we will link to uh, your media articles. We'll link to all of our, our Instagrams. We'll link to the uh, event information for the Autism Awareness event on Rocket Jump. Um, I've been Alex Kessler. My uh, Twitter account is at the MMCast. I am. Or sorry. <laughs> my brain's off. I am at Kess Wiley. The Twitter for the podcast is at the MMCast. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. And, of course, check out The Command Zone on uh, rocketjump.com, our sister podcast, as well as our Patreon, patreon.com slash the MMCast. We have some very cool stuff coming up there. And, of course, 
Uh, we didn't mention it at the top of the cast, but we are partnering with some guys from DMTW. Uh, it's a clothing brand. They're a lifestyle brand. They're helping us make cool stuff. We're going to have some products coming out with those guys very soon. Um, we love what those guys are doing right now. So uh, check out check out that. We, we have a page on their site. We also have a YouTube channel. Yes. That we're actually posting videos to. Yeah. Mike Clary. Yeah. Right on the cast. He's like, he's like m- making video versions that are like sweet. So check out our YouTube channel. It's Top Decking uh, TV on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you can also watch Top Decking there if, for season two. Once you finish the sweet DVDs you get for being a Patreon subscriber in May, uh, which mm. makes sure to donate to the Patreon. And last but not least, Scott, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MTG Pack Foils. You can also find me on Facebook. Uh, just go to Facebook.com/slash MTG Pack Foils. And if you're ever in the Southwest Ohio area, you can find me at Epic Loot Games in Centerville uh, every Friday night. Sweet. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Take care. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, man. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>